And welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week I'm joined by Ryan Porter. He's the Chief Operating Officer and the General Counsel of the Jackson Chamber. But you're a lot more interesting than that title sounds, Ryan. I don't know about that. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Ryan, um, for those of us that haven't met you in the community, why don't you give us a little rundown? You're a Jackson guy through and through. Give us yeah. a little bit of an overview there. Okay. Um, born and raised here in Jackson. Graduated from uh, Northside High School in 1993. Did the whole Pope uh, East, Northside Junior High, Northside High School. Graduated again, like I said, in 1993. Uh, left there and went to Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, graduated there in 1997 with a degree in criminal justice. Uh, interned with the TBI here in Jackson. Actually, when it was being ran by uh, Sheriff John Mayer, oddly enough. But uh, interned there and then interned with the district attorney's office with now district attorney uh, Jody Pickens. Uh, and then left there after graduation and went to work for the Jackson Police Department uh, in 1998. Worked there about four or five years uh, as a patrolman. Uh, worked midnight shift from 11.30 to 7.30 uh, for my first three or four years and then spent a year on day shift before I left. Left there in about 2002. I uh, went to work for Jackson Energy Authority as their director of security. Uh, so started up a security program there, uh, installing security for their uh, water treatment plants, gas gate stations, electric mm -hmm. substations, administrative buildings, things like that, theft of service. Um, while I was there, I ended up getting into safety as well, doing TOSHA and OSHA, drug testing, uh, all their accident reports, reporting, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of their senior VPs there, who, who uh, I thought a lot of and respected, uh, Danny Lester, who was a senior vice president over the water system, came to my office one day and asked me what my uh, long-term goals and plans were while working at JA and uh, really just sort of invested in me and mm -hmm. just sit down and had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation about where I saw myself in five or ten years. Um, had a conversation about law school. It was something I'd always wanted to do. Uh, and about a week later, he came down and uh, offered uh, for JA to pay a certain percentage of my tuition if I wanted to go to law school Wow! while working there. Yeah, he's a great guy uh, and just really showed me how I think people should invest in the next mm -hmm. group of leaders or, or yeah. in a company or in a community. So that meant a lot to me and still, still does. Yeah. Um, so I started law school there while I was working at JA. I worked from uh, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. at JA and then left Jackson. There was a group of about four or five of us who would leave Jackson at about 4.30 and drive to Nashville uh, and go to law school. So I did that for four years. Uh, my first two years were two nights a week and then your second two years were three nights a week. Uh, so it was a long, long yeah. bless my wife. My wife is a good, good woman. Very patient woman. Uh, so I got my law degree uh, stayed at JA for seven years, uh, left there, uh, and went to practice law with the firm Pentecost and Glenn here in Jackson. Uh, loved every minute of it, uh, no regrets, and then uh, I'd worked with Cal Spurgeon at JA. He was the vice president of business development and had been at the chamber prior to that. 
the then CEO of the chamber, Paul Latour, had left the Jackson chamber and went to take the president, uh, take over the president CEO position at the Rutherford County Chamber in Murfreesboro. So they had hired Kyle back at the Jackson chamber to be president CEO, uh, and he hired me to come join him at the chamber about six years ago. I think it's six years next month, maybe. Uh, so I've been there ever since. Uh, married to my high school sweetheart. Wow. Uh, it's a good, good woman. Uh, Sarah Beth Taylor is her maiden name. We have three daughters. My oldest just turned 15 last week. And then I have a 12-year-old and a five-year-old who keeps everybody in the house on their toes. Five-year-old does so. That's me. That's pretty much me in a, in a nutshell, my employment. Very diverse uh, from college to JPD to yeah. JA to practicing law to the chamber. So. so, but you didn't just go to MTSU. I didn't. I, I, I played football at MTSU for a couple of years. Uh, all 6'1", 133 pounds of me when I checked in. For football so I, I enjoyed it I loved it I was way too small and way too slow and way uh, not coordinated enough to, to play college football but I loved it and it wasn't something I was ready to give up after mm -hmm. high school uh, I loved the competition and I loved the working out and I loved the uh, the team concept and the fraternity and feeling like you belong uh, to a group and I wasn't ready to give that up and so yeah I went I went there and played uh, two years uh, like I said, I enjoyed it. I played with some great guys. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, who's now the uh, defensive coordinator at Alabama, played with me in MTSU. Wow. Uh, Kelly Holcomb, who played with the Browns and Colts for a while in the NFL, was there at MTSU when I was there. Um, Quinn Love is from Jackson, who played at MTSU when I was there. Uh, some great, great guys, great memories. Again, uh, blessed to have been able to do it for as long as I did, and no regrets. Do you know that Eric Jones played a little ball? At MTSU? He did? Yeah, a little basketball. Okay. You know, he spoke at the chamber uh, last week, maybe last Friday, and uh, was talking about him coaching sports at, I guess it was at Liberty, mm -hmm. uh, and said he was the, the worst coach <laughs> probably in the system, and that's probably what sped up his <laughs> his process to beginning in administration, mm -hmm. is that he was such an awful coach. I, by the way, uh, I'm very impressed by Eric. I'm excited about mm -hmm. the future of our school system and his vision uh, and plan of action and really just love his honesty and, and the place of, you can tell he's just sincere. Absolutely. The place where he's coming from. I'm really excited. Yeah, we had a great podcast. And if any of the listeners haven't heard that, I'm just gonna go back and listen to Eric Jones because he is, it's an exciting time for Jackson, and, and uh, hopefully he gets the runway he needs to make the changes he needs to make. I, I hope so, too. And I think he will. I think, uh, he, in my opinion, he's saying the right things and, and uh, doing the right things, and mm -hmm. I'm excited about what he brings to the table and the level of commitment he's got behind him. Uh, you're still pretty connected with Northside. Very connected with Northside. You, people that know me know that I'm a very passionate, very loyal person. Uh, I had, people at Northside were very good to me when I was there. I, I had some uh, role models and people that I really looked up to and that helped mold me into the, you know, the man I am today. Uh, and so I, I enjoyed giving back. Uh, I've got a great relationship uh, with the administration over there, the football coaches, and uh, I've got a fund set up at the foundation that I help 
raise money and I've bought everything from, I say I have bought, people that have invested money in this foundation have bought uh, everything from winter coats to football pads and footballs and we sent the, uh, helped send the girls basketball team to Orlando. They got invited to play in an invitational tournament and had to raise like $20,000. And, I, and I'm a firm believer in you having to work for things, right? And I, I don't think you should be given anything. So I sort of look at what uh, is needed, and then I'll help match. You know, if they'll raise some money, I'll help match money uh, with, with my fund. And so just just a great uh, relationship, I think, and a great opportunity for people in the community to give back uh, to the schools. Um, started out with a conversation. Um, with Coach Val when he was there. I didn't know him and I had on a, uh, we were doing a share fest with our church working in a flower bed at one of the local elementary schools and he walked by and had on a Northside football shirt and I think my brother or I said go Indians and he stopped and talked to us and mm -hmm. uh, I think it was, they were 8-0 at the time. Never, I don't know that they've ever had, had an undefeated season but uh, I asked him what the school system was going to do or what he was going to do for the kids if they went undefeated he was like, ah, they, you know, they can't do anything because they do something for one school, they've got to do it for the others. And I said, mm -hmm. well, if y'all go undefeated, I'll do something for the for the schools. And they ended up, for the, for the players, and they ended up going undefeated. So my brother and I raised some money and bought them pullovers mm -hmm. uh, that just had more side football on it. Then, you know, 2010, I think that was, you know, 12-1 and 1 or 10-0 and 0 region champs. And so we've done that a couple times, and like I said, have bought – Jackets for kids in the winter when Ricky Catlett was there. I think he, he had some kids that needed some winter coats uh, And we helped him do that and football equipment um, uh, Bought this year. I think we we purchased or helped purchase some Uniforms for the softball team uh, just a way to give back. Yeah. Uh, to the kids and things that uh, some extras that they need to, you know, Help them out. So absolutely uh, What about other community involvement? Ryan, I know. Uh, right now, I am chairman of the board of RIFA. I am chairman of the board of directors at the uh, Airport Authority. I'm on the board at Pathways, on the board at the University School of Jackson, on the Madison County Sports Hall of Fame board, uh, Juvenile Court Advisory Board, Madison County School Health Advisory Committee. And I think that's it. A couple other committees, but that's the that's the main ones. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I, I am, uh, and yes, it is a lot of stuff. <laughs> and my wife is a good woman to uh, allow me the time to do stuff like that. And I, I work at a great place that allows me the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am I'm passionate about this community, mm -hmm. and passionate about those organizations, as well as several others. Uh, but I just love Jackson, and I want Jackson mm -hmm. to be as, as good a community as it can be. And, and I think these organizations, again, as well as many others, uh, help achieve that. So One of my favorite pastimes actually concurs with one of your boards. Okay. Is whenever me or one of my friends is at the airport, it's taking a picture of your picture on the wall. Because all the board of directors' those pictures are on the wall. Yeah. And it's this great bearded picture of Ryan Porter. Yeah, that's so, my glamour shot. Yeah. If you go through the airport... Please take a picture and tag it, tag Ryan Porter in that photo. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have to do that. Don't, don't do that. But I will tell you that when I rotate off the board, they give you that picture. 
Uh, and so I may gift it to you and let you you hang it over your fireplace or something if you love it that much. I'm going to blow it up and put it on a billboard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you were a police officer for a while. I was. You were working a beat. Yep. What was what was a night in the life of police officer, officer Porter like? Well, uh, I'll tell you, keep in mind this was 1998 to the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was several years ago when I was a much younger man. Uh, again, I worked 11.30 at night to 7.30 in the morning. So you get uh, to work and you have roll call from 11.30 to you know 10 or 15 minutes and then you go out and you're assigned a car and you get all your take all your stuff out of your personal vehicle and put it in your patrol car. And typically uh, then there were, uh, I think there were seven districts with uh, I guess two or three officers assigned a district. So I worked uh, District 3, which was West Jackson, which was basically anything north of the levee. Uh, those of people from Jackson know what I'm talking about. It's a levee going to South Jackson. Uh, sort of from the fairgrounds north okay. uh, to uh, the east border was Highland, and the west border was the city limits, and the north border uh, was probably around Parkway. Okay. Uh, so I worked that that area. Uh, now, off, oftentimes we would be in midnights. We had a little more freedom, so if there was a call just across the the boundary, we could we could help help out there. But uh, so you and a district partner were assigned that area and. Uh, would respond to calls, everything from you know alarms going off to uh, if somebody needs your help getting somebody to realize that it was time to go home, or uh, whatever, whatever you you did. And so I was did that, and I was a uh, FTO, which was a field training officer, which means when they hire a new uh, officer, they go through like four levels of training, mm-hmm. and one of those they would ride with you, and you'd help them uh, learn how to fill out reports and how to you know really a lot of being a effective police officers learning how to deal with different types of people. Yeah. Uh, I can communicate with you one way and let you understand what I'm needing you to do, but somebody else may walk in and I need to communicate with them a different way to get them to understand what I need mm-hmm. them to do. So just, uh, it's about relationships, mm-hmm. as cheesy as that sounds, and, and learning how to communicate with different types of people. Uh, I was also a CST, which is a crime scene technician, which means basically you just had, I had a little training to where if there was a crime scene, whether it be a burglary or something like that, we could go and lift fingerprints and collect evidence and stuff like that. So you basically you were like living the CSI TV show. Well, I didn't say I was good at it. I just said <laughs> I, I, no. I, I you know I loved that job. I enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. you know you talk we were talking about college football earlier about that feeling of belonging to a team yeah. and fraternity. There is nothing like uh, you know working in law enforcement with a group of people you know there were probably 10 probably 12 to 15 of us on the street during a shift and uh and man we were a family Mm -hmm. and uh, we helped each other and we had each other's back uh and and we were going to do the right thing but we were going to do it together yeah uh and i miss that that's that's one thing i miss about that job is is the feeling of brotherhood really mm-hmm. uh, it's a great group of people you so you even went to school went to college for that what was it about you know ryan porter growing up there like i want to be a police officer uh well i wanted to go the end goal for me uh i'd always been interested in the law uh, i wanted to go to the fbi for mm-hmm. some reason i don't know i just books i read and tv shows i watched makes it look cool 
Uh, yeah, yeah, they glamorize it. And uh, and I actually interviewed, uh, applied for and interviewed with the FBI when I, gosh, I guess I was still at JPD or maybe when I was at JA. And uh, it's like a seven-step interview process. And I, I think I made it to the phone interview. And at the time, uh, one of the requirements was that you had to be able to commit to move to a major city for five to seven years, I think, when that was Chicago and L.A. And, and uh, at the time, I was married, and we had young kids, and I just had to get real honest with myself and say, you know, I'm a Jackson guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm born in Jackson. I'm going to die in Jackson. And uh, as nice as I'm sure Chicago is and Oakland is, I, I want to live in Jackson. Uh, so I sort of shut down that dream, I guess, or pursuit, or what I thought was a dream, mm-hmm. uh, and, and quit chasing that. So that's sort of how I ended up where I'm at now. And then, so let's talk about going from, so what, and then how did you progress into wanting to be an attorney then? Uh, I just, again, had just always enjoyed the law, and uh, I like debating. I mm-hmm. like uh, you and I reading the same document, and you taking a stance on it, and me taking a stance on it, and having a debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, it's not about being right, or, or you winning, or me winning, but it's about understanding what it is we read. And, and how we interpret it, and, and mm-hmm. you know, we could bring th- ten people in here, and they could each read a issue uh, from a fact pattern, and, and have ten different opinions. Yeah, and sort of being able to debate that and going back and forth. I enjoy that. I enjoy uh, the practice of law. I enjoy helping people. Um, you know, practicing law at, at Pentecost and Glen, we did uh, governmental tort liability, civil rights defense. So it was a lot of helping people. Uh, it, it wasn't doing other stuff that, that sometimes lawyers do. It was uh, really about helping people. Mm-hmm. Helping helping people that were dealing with uh, an issue or, or some something going on in their life and helping them sort of get past it. Mm-hmm. Finding a solution, a resolution, and moving forward. Let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about the chamber okay. and then what you're doing there and what's happening in Jackson. So, so from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson. Welcome back to Our Jackson Home. I'm joined by Ryan Porter, Chief Operating Officer and General Counsel for the uh, Jackson Chamber. This sounds a lot more important than it is, <laughs> uh, trust me. Um, so so we, we talked about you being an attorney, we talked yeah. about you being a police officer. Uh, both of those seem a little bit more intense than maybe working at the chamber. So what, what, was, the, think, what was the transition there? What was the motivation there? Uh, well, I, one, I, had, I knew Kyle. Uh, from working with him at JA, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like Kyle and know his management style, and know that he is a good guy and he's a bright guy, and that he is a very uh, progressive thinker, uh, and that excited me. Uh, he ca- actually, what happened? He called me one day when I was uh, working at the law firm, and said that uh, he was going to hire, create a new position, and hire someone, and described that person to me, what the person was going to be doing, the type of person he was looking for, uh, and and quite honestly, I said, well, what about me? Uh, and he said, well, I wasn't thinking that, but let's talk. And so we went to lunch or breakfast or uh, something and met, and it just worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I'm, uh, and the people that know me, and, and you probably see some of this, I'm, I'm very passionate about Jackson 
as mm-hmm. cheesy as that sounds. Uh, and I love going to work every day, uh, having the ability and the opportunity to, to tr- leave Jackson uh, a better place it was than yeah. when I moved here or, or was born here. So, uh, you know, making it better tomorrow than it is today, I guess mm-hmm. is a better way to say it. So. And so what do you do at the chamber? What is what is the chief operating officer and general counsel do? And I know everybody that works with me at the chamber's going, yeah, Kevin, ask him what he does. What, what, what is know that? What he does. Uh, I do, uh, office-wise, just the day-to-day stuff, day-to-day operations, HR stuff, uh, just stuff that typical. There's only 12 of us. We're, 12, we're a small, small staff, but we do a lot of work. Uh, so just managing that internally as far as the HR stuff and the, the building stuff and things like that. Uh, outside the office, uh, we, we're chamber sort of broke. We have membership events, uh, which, you know, recruiting new members, re- retention, uh, having events to help meet the needs of our, our members. And then uh, Mandy and Kyle do, uh, Mandy's the Senior Vice President of Economic Development. So we've got the Economic Development, Workforce Development piece, which is basically uh, recruiting new industries to town, uh, mm-hmm. helping our existing industries grow and be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we have a community development piece, sort of is, is where I sort of live on a day-to-day pay- okay. basis, is, is helping Jackson evolve community-wise. It's, it's helping uh, recruit new things to Jackson that are, are neat and that are going to help recruit people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've done a great job in Jackson over the past several years recruiting jobs. Our, our unemployment rate is right now, today, is 3.6, uh, which is really, really low, which some people will probably say that it's full employment, that everybody in Jackson that's got a job, that wants, that, a, job. That wants a job, has a job. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a statement or, or an article yesterday that said the state of Tennessee's unemployment rates the all-time low that it's since they've been recording the unemployment rates the lowest it's ever been and it's 3.6 as well mm-hmm. uh, so we've done a great job of, of having industrial parks and land and infrastructure in place and recruiting jobs and helping existing industries expand we've done that we've got jobs here what we need to do a better job uh, at is, is creating an environment uh, to where we can recruit people mm-hmm. uh, we need you know, we've got all these uh, institutions of higher education. You've got, you know, Union and University of Memphis at Lambeth and Lane and TCAP and Jackson State and West Tennessee. We've got all these, and we need to get uh, be a community where when those people graduate those institutions that they want to stay here in Jackson. The jobs are there, yeah. uh, but we got to make them want to stay here. We, we've got to make them want to stay in Jackson as opposed to going to Bowling Green or Nashville or Franklin. Uh, and that's our challenge right now is creating a community in which young business professionals want to move to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that being said, mm-hmm. do you have what are you working on that might be working in that direction? Or can uh, you talk about it? No, man. Hey, I can talk about anything. There's nobody in here, just me and you. Right? <laughs> uh, well, you came to that uh, 411 on 731 mm-hmm. the other day, and, we, and the idea behind that was to update people just on those type of things. Uh, we, you know, we've got the, uh, a group working on kayaking. We've got the Western Sea River Basin Authority. Uh, it's got two different projects in Jackson. One's up north. 
uh, where it's going to be what 800 to 1,000 acres with five miles of boardwalks where there's going to be hiking and biking and fishing, uh, sightseeing. Um, I think they're partnering uh, with the TWRA, have maybe a refuge out there, just things like that. Um, you know, Matt with Jackson Downtown Development's got some neat things going on downtown. Um, Click Go. Uh, then there's Zaxter's, which is going to be a bike sharing uh, opportunity in Jackson. You know, the place where we're sitting right now, the Co. Uh, things like that that we can do to make Jackson um, attractive to young professionals. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, it, it's not becoming something that you should have it's it's becoming some or that people want it's it's coming it's becoming those things are becoming a thing that people expect mm -hmm. you know they they expect to be able to use a, a service like click go or to have a bike share or to have a place to go kayaking or have a place to go ride my bike or or walk you know five miles on a trail or three miles on a trail with my with my kid mm -hmm. uh, and and we have unfortunately not kept pace with other communities like ours over the past few years. Mm -hmm. So is that <clears throat> is that one of the big challenges that Jackson's facing? Are there any others that you see? Uh, you know, we are blessed. I mean, I'm going I'm to answer that by saying what we do have. Okay. Uh, that was my next question, yeah. so go ahead. <laughs> you know, obviously just by the fact of Jackson being where it is, you've got I-40, which is a huge asset that a lot of people probably take for granted. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got uh, a top 10 non-profit hospital in the country. You know, our healthcare and the resources that provides us and the infrastructure that provides us is, is a really big deal. Uh, you know, JEA, uh, having fiber to the home and having the electric infrastructure they have and having really something that a lot of people don't talk about is the underground aquifer that we have and the quality of our water. Things like that are huge assets. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about the higher education. You know, you've got what Union, Jackson State, Lambeth, uh, TCAT, uh, University of Memphis at Lambeth, uh, West Tennessee Biscuits. All those resources here are producing, are, are drawing people into the community, and then are producing talent. Uh, and our job, I think, what we need to do is is focus on keeping those people here. Uh, it's it's really. It's much easier to keep somebody here than it is to recruit somebody here. And we've got young people that are, are here that are educated, uh, that chose Jackson for a reason at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's keep them here. Uh, you know, and I think that's, that's going to be the challenge. I know, this, you know the elephant in the room is, is, is some of the funding challenges our uh, city and county both have. And, and with the developments of that lately with the school system, uh, obviously that's a challenge. Uh, but you know, a lot of these things uh, don't cost any money. You know, build, you know, looking at a place to where we can have a put in and a take out for kayaking, that doesn't take any money. Uh, that's or not so, a lot of money. Well, yeah, that's, but that's, I guess what I'm saying is, is, is government money and tax money. Uh, that's the thing that, that, you know, a couple of citizens, if you and me and a couple other guys or girls uh, enjoyed kayaking, we could go out and find a place on the Middle Fork it's a cool place to go in, to put in and contact the landowner and say, hey, would you mind if we, you know, made a little place here where we could put in and a place where we could take out and do the same thing? That's not costing the, the city government or the county government any resources or money. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that you and I can do. And so finding people like that um, that, that are passionate.
passionate about one of those things and helping them be successful and just walking them through the process of, of who to contact and, and how to get this done. And, uh, I don't think the city or county is opposed to having stuff like this done. Their challenge is resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got time and they've got relationships. We just don't have any money. And so walking people through that, it's, it's exciting to me. And there's people in this community, you know, that's another thing that I think uh, sets us apart. You know, we talk about the infrastructure and the interstate and the, the water and the higher education and the hospital. What I think separates us from other communities that we can compete against, uh, again, as cheesy as it sounds, is our people. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some good, good people in this town that that love Jackson and that that are passionate about what Jackson can be mm-hmm. uh, and and wanting to do uh, spend their time. You know, it, it, like I said, it, it's money. Yeah, it takes some money, but it's not a lot of money. But in time uh, and 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 energy and working, uh, that's the kind of stuff that that people like you and me can do to make a difference in Jackson. Uh, and that's the kind of people that live here. It's a it's a neat neat community with people that are willing to give and that are generous with their time. Uh, that's what sets us apart from from other communities. I think that's a great note to end this interview on. So Ryan, I just want to say thank you for helping to make Jackson a better place and choosing to call it home. Man, I love it here, and uh, I would like to thank whoever you had scheduled to do this for canceling so that you could call me last minute and get me in here and act like I'm somebody. I appreciate you, man. You're a good man. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Code. To find out more about The Code, visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit ourjacksonhome.com.